Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Neat Pour. Now we are back kicking off our summertime bourbon drinking. This week, we're hitting up R6 Distillery in the collaboration with Microphone Brewing Smells Like Bean Spirit Whiskey. So grab your drinks, sit back and relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're live, baby. Hey, welcome back to the Neat Poor Podcast. Nick is here. And Shalanda is here. And I don't lost track of what episode this is because it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. But um, yeah, we're back. Uh, this week on the episode, Shalanda, uh, microphone. Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Yeah, microphone, microphone. Oh, go. let me calm down. Microphone, let me use my words, microphone brewing. Has a whiskey. That's what happened all, all that damn day drinking we was doing today. Yeah. Um, smells like bean spirit whiskey. And it's modeled after their um, smells like bean spirit imperial stout. Mm. Yeah. So how are you? I'm doing, um, I'm good. You it's know, good. it's been a long day, but you know, I'm hanging on in there because I'm a trooper. Yeah. Summertime in the city. Um, I think what we've got here, uh, let's see, we've got R6 Distillery uh, established in 2014. Uh, they're from El Segundo, California. I left my wallet in El Segundo. It's literally the only thing I know about El Segundo. <laughs> and um, this is uh, 86 proof. Yeah, so the way I understand this, this is a Blue Corn and Hitman Series barrels. What the hell is Blue Corn? Because I've heard... Blue Corn bourbon and Hitman whiskey barrels. So is the corn extra blue? Yeah, I don't understand what's going on here. So maybe... um. Maybe we can ask some folks about that. What the blue corn? So I've heard many different things about blue corn. Some people said blue corn is the actual organic way of corn, and the corn that we know it as being yellow is the modified. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on yeah, that. And then, um, you know, and there was a conversation like this when we went to Louisville yeah. about how um blue corns actually got more antioxidants in it. Yeah. And corn, actual corn, had was like a kaleidoscope of colors. Yeah. And this yellow corn is more of something that they use because it was easier to grow as whiskey went from being this artisanal thing to more of like an industrial thing. Yeah. Right? It was easier to manage the yellow corn. But corn in its natural state came in a ton of different colors and the blue corn was actually better for you. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's something we did talk about. Um, so we're going to sip on this. I think it was important to pull out the uh, Imperial Smells Like Bean Spirit. Let's start there. The base beer, okay, is a um, is an Imperial Breakfast Stout. So it's got maple syrup. It's also got uh, tugboat coffee in it. And it's got, uh, yeah, I think that's all it's got. Yeah, Sumatra. Sumatra tugboat coffee along with maple syrup in an Imperial Stout. So it's a breakfast stout. Well, after just having my very first sip, it tastes like I'm drinking breakfast. Yeah. It tastes like I'm eating pancake with maple syrup. I mean, it's not overly sweet. It's not overwhelmingly sweet, but I mean, it's it's very interesting, but I like it. Malted, uh, malted chocolate ball with a little syrup. Yeah. yeah. It's so, that bitter chocolate with maple. Like a it. Whoppers, maple flavored Whoppers. The malt balls. I used to eat balls. that candy when I was little. Well, it had a very weird texture. Yeah, that's what it was. I didn't like bite down it. So yeah, very weird texture. I did like the flavor on it. It was like salty chocolate balls. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that sounds like the, the fucking song off of South Park. It is. Mm. That's what I was thinking about when I said it. Okay, but moving back on. Yeah, man. Uh, beer and bourbon collides as they actually took the, the breakfast stout and distilled it uh, mm. with the good folks at R6 Distillery. I've actually never heard of R6 before right now. 
Where are they from again? Uh, El Segundo. El Segundo. Got to get it. Uh, got, got to get it. Fife. Uh, that is water in El Segundo. Q Tip, Ali Shahid Muhammad, and Jerobi left their wallet uh, back in 1989. In El Segundo, and it got to get it. Got, got to get it. Um, yeah. But other than that, I don't really know much about our six as a crew, do you? Don't ask me. You supposed to be the one with the history facts. I just be here drinking and cracking jokes. Um. So today we're drinking. Uh, microphone smells like being spirit whiskey along with the source beer and we're going to talk about our journey today so today we went out to um the largest black owned distillery in indiana 18th street distillery shalanda yeah shouts out drew what's going on homie yeah we went out there um it was bottle pickup for their fourth anniversary bourbon which apparently only had what 85 bottles okay so the way he broke it down they made 85 bottles. Yeah. 25 bottles went, to, no, yeah. 25 bottles went to sponsors. Yeah. And then the rest was sold. Yeah. So, uh, 65 bottles available. So this is a cash drink, four year whiskey mm-hmm. from 18th Street to celebrate their fourth anniversary. Now, 18th Street, um, the brewery is next door to the distillery. Right. And that's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And that's where we know them from. And I think, Getting out to the distillery for brunch is something we haven't done yet. I mean, I hadn't really been out. So initially, you know, we lived out in the South Suburbs. We used to hit it a little bit more when we lived pretty much down the street from it. But, you know, I haven't been out to 18th Street too much since moving far, far, far away to the north side. Yeah, I think... um if you're if you're familiar with Chicago, uh, South Burbs is like 159th Street, mm-hmm. and where this uh you know where your ancestral home was was near 147th Street. So it's like that was basically the neighborhood brewery. Yeah, for, right. Isn't that the closest brewery to the old house? Yeah, it was like a literally a seven minute ride. Yeah, so um the local uh, beverage shoppies would have their beer, mm-hmm. and you find yourself drinking a lot of it because you know um you like your stuff in Indiana's Indiana borders Indiana. Borders, Illinois. It was just like right there. And please excuse us because we hear the the dogs barking outside. But yeah, Yeah. here's what you get. So, um, you know, much in the vein of, I would say, a handful of Chicagoland distilleries, namely um, Three Floyds, uh, Two two Brothers. Mm -hmm. I want to say Pollyanna Mm -hmm. as well. Shit, Maplewood. You know, all these crews that started as breweries have expanded into the distilling space. Right. Right. And 18th Street's no different. So 18th Street is slowly taking over downtown Hammond, Indiana. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got an Airbnb situation over mm-hmm. there. Uh, we mentioned the distillery next door to the brewery. And um, yeah, I think they kind of mentioned that at one point the largest distillery in the country was in Hammond. Yeah. And they drew inspiration from that to want to have a distillery in Hammond in the first place. At one point in time, they had a whole other project called the Sour Note. So the Sour Note set like had a corner to where the distillery and the brewery is. Unfortunately, it's no longer open. But when I did go that one time, like I think in like 2019-ish, yeah, 2019-ish, I mean, it was pretty damn good. So I will, I'm curious to know what happened with that project where, I mean, I'm sure it's pretty much pandemic related, but what happened that they didn't really pick it back up? Cause I mean, it was a solid, you know, go ahead. Yeah. And you're probably running low on resources at that point too. Right. Yeah. It's like, Hey, let's maybe just sell the 18th street brand beer. And then if we're going to have another project, let's focus on the distillery. What I will give them credit for is um, when you walk into this place, 
the buildings are next to each other. Like you could tell they just expanded into the space next door. Mm-hmm. So it shares the same bathroom corridor, right? Between these two locations. But A, these are two totally different vibes. You know, it's not like, hey, we're selling booze on this side of the wall, but it's an extension of the brewery. Like it feels like in a completely different project, which I appreciated that. You know, like the music, the soundtrack is different, right? The the, the visually, everything's brighter, and it's, it's literally day and night. It's <laughs> brighter on the distillery side, and then it's heavy metal and grunge on the brewery side. Yeah, um, there's this weird dichotomy of it's somehow family friendly metal <laughs> metalhead <laughs> distiller brewery in in Indiana, and on the other side, it's like a proper distillery cocktail lounge right it's kind of weird oh even the uh, everything down to the uh to the breakfast menus were yeah. different even the menus for food were different i mean i don't get me wrong i kind of like the distillery side better because there were like no kids and i mean before anybody get on me i have kids so i like to go to places like that to get away from kids yeah i yeah. think um you know hunter i think is one of one of the founders kids mm-hmm. at 18th street but then I think the general rule of thumb is whoever founded the joint, if they got kids, then it's usually kid friendly. Right. And I think, um, you know, just talking about another brewery locally, uh, Salamos, we did an episode there of, uh, Chicago Beer Pass. Shalana was there and we noticed that there's a ton of dogs and a ton of strollers yeah. in there. So I think people find their tribe, right? So if you have a child and you like to hang out at a place at noon on a Sunday, you've probably told all your friends. And now before you know it, there's like, you know, there's maybe like, I don't know, less than there's about 10 kids in there. So. Yeah, but I mean, on the flip side, Salamoth is like in the in the neighborhood. Like you could literally just walk around the block and be right there. Uh, 18th Street, you kind of got to go out of your way to get there. So it's like, you know, you're so like it's a destination well, for you. Not if you live in Hammond, you know. I mean, let's be real. Let's keep going on it. Ain't a lot of white people living in Hammond like that. Oh, I have that's no that's over there in that area. It's ninety nine point nine 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 percent black. So I have you, no idea about the dynamic. Yeah, of Hammond but when Indiana. so when you go over there, when you go to the brewery, it's predominantly white. You know, patrons, which means they're making it their effort to get there. When I, um when we left downtown Hammond has a high school. They have a um the Havoc Civic Center. I think I saw the No Limit Soldiers at the Havoc Hammond mm-hmm. Civic Center. Me and my brother, and then also. Oh, but there was a Hammond church that let out. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any black folks at the church either. Yeah. So I would assume that, you know, the pilgrimage of said black folks is to church and 18th Street, if if what you're saying, you know, is true. So that's an inter- that makes it even more interesting of a that's what I'm That's what I'm saying. Like over <laughs> in that part of Hammond is either is black is a heavy rotation of black and brown community. It's not. It's not there. It's not diverse. Yeah. So this is that's um that's a very interesting dynamic if you will yeah um i think the only time i've had 18th street distillery was um there's this really cool bar out in geneva called um fuck oh niche niche Mm -hmm. and i went out there one day and um yeah i had two 18th street barrel strength rise and the guys who run niche were super excited to tell me how good these rise were right and i think um most people, like, we brewed our beer with uh, Emmett's, and Emmett's, well, you know, we were talking about Journeyman Distillery, and he said, have you had 18th Street's rye, right? So people really like 18th Street's rye. So 18th Street makes their own in-house rye, about two, about two years old, right? And then they got this four-year-old rye that they get from fucking, uh, from MGP. So apparently MGP 
doesn't really sell you any any aged spirits, right? So they got this like six months old. This is all the dude at Niche telling me this. Uh, 18th Street got it six months old, put it in a really small cask, and then aged it themselves for like three years, and then put it on the top floor. So then it went from like, you know, I don't know, 118 proof all the way up to like 145 proof. So that's the only time I've actually had their spirits other than today. Mm-hmm. So today we tried a coffee liqueur. No, it's actually a coffee whiskey with dark matter that had uh, Madagascar yeah, a, vanilla. Yeah, it was a coffee whiskey, not a liqueur. Yeah. And then, and then I smoked white whiskey. Yeah, smoked white whiskey. That's something I've never heard before. Um, Now, having that one, that one was very, it had a very interesting taste. So everybody has like, I'm sure most people have like that one liquor that you probably drank too much of or you kind of like... Thought your life was going to end after, you know, getting drunk on it. For me, it smelled like rum, like, the, you know, like the cheap rum. And I get nauseous when I, you know, but it was good in the cocktail. But on its own, it had a very distinct taste. That wasn't my jam. We had um two, like, uh, pride-inspired cocktails. Yeah, I had Mosque, Mosque and you had Love is Love. Uh, mine was, I think it was called Because I Love You, I think it was called. Oh, Because I Love You. Okay. Yeah, my 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 cocktail with the uh with the two year arrival was fantastic. Oh don't get me wrong, the the one that I had was great. It was it reminded me of a smoky old fashioned. So that white smoke whiskey in cocktails is great. I wouldn't want to drink it by itself though. Yeah. Um those are the two cocktails we had at AT Street. I think we tried uh some of the spirits. I actually wanted to try the two year round its own because I really enjoyed it in my cocktail. Um, they have huge uh, Venom copper tanks that sit behind the bar. So when you're staring, when you're sitting at the bar, you can just kind of admire like this really big fucking distillery behind you. And um, yeah, what else? Oh, just like, you know, proper glassware, you know, a proper merch station. Right. And um, it just felt like a really cool cocktail bar. Yeah. You know, I wasn't trying to be, you know, super, super cool. It just was cool. Yeah. You know, I really dug that. So um, that was our distillery stop this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then this week we're drinking on this microphone, 86 proof R6. I tell you something, man. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm having it next to the beer, but I really love like the uh, the toasted chocolate notes that are coming across on this bourbon. And I think that's got a lot to do with the source. But yeah, yeah. it's giving that it has a sweet finish to it. There's a ton of flavor in this for yeah. it to be 86 proof. It's very complex. Yeah. It's good. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah. Now, how long was this aged for? You know, I tried to find more information on this for this bottle. And um, I got a whole lot of nothing. All I got is that it's 86 proof and that it started life as a um, imperial breakfast stout. And it, it, that was distilled down. So I'm not really fucking clear on how, long, how old this is. Um... This is a fun ride, though. And then um, it plays really well into both of our passions, uh, beer and whiskey. That's why I wanted to get it and try it on the show just to see, A, because I think it looked cool in picks. But then, B, um, you know, we never had a bourbon that began its life as a beer that was commercially released. All whiskey starts as beer, essentially, but not as a beer that was commercially released. Sure. You know, so I think the closest thing I could say we've had to this was uh, maybe the Jameson castmates mm-hmm. and they just seasoned those barrels. They seasoned Jameson barrels with Fist City mm-hmm. and then they transferred Jameson into that. So it's nowhere near what this is. This actually is a product that started as a beer, right. uh, as a commercial beer. 
So, so what was the retail on, on the bottle? Um, that's a good question. Um, this bottle kind of came and went. I I don't remember how much mm-hmm. it cost actually. Um, the this is their flagship stout. So this comes out once a year. They actually do a smells like a bean fest festival mm-hmm. up in uh, Elk Grove Village. Yeah. As you know, um, you know what a pack of elk are called? What? A gang. Gang, gang up in this motherfucking <laughs> place. <laughs> a, a pack of elk is called a gang. Um, I want to say that a uh, microphone smells like a bean fest spirit started life as Pale Pauper Day, which was kind of like the anti Dark Lord Day. Right. Uh, so you're the Dark Lord. We're the Pale Popper. Right. It was uh, back when Microphone was contract brewing. Right. They were brewing with uh, the old Twisted Hippo, you know, rest in peace. They're actually going to return again. Um, it was Twisted Hippo and Slapshot and Microphone. And they had Pale Popper Day. Uh-huh. So that those are the origins of Smells Like a Bean Spirit Festival. So and now it's their flagship style. So, uh-huh. yeah, just giving you a little background on them. Um Wish I knew more for you about our six. By the time we post this episode, we'll probably put it in the in the future story. We'll probably sprinkle it on our on our socials. But um, since this is a bourbon show, but our six is their partner on this on this on this whiskey project. So we got that for you, and we got that it used to be beer. I mean, it's it's good. I really like it because of the fact there's so many layers to this. Like you, I don't get much spice, but it does have a a medium sweet finish. But then you taste like the bitter. Chocolate, you get that caramel. Um, it's, it's it's layers. That's an interesting point. I think um, the spice, the in the lack of spice, the young, the young booze flavors are kind of replacing what is classic uh, rye spice notes, right? So it's actually it's not quite because. So in that sense, it kind of pours like a weeder would pour, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's not quite like um, it's not like a liqueur, and it's not like a. It's not like a barrel-aged rum. Like, it still tastes like whiskey. Mm-hmm. It just leans in a very pleasant way into some, like, cocoa. Like, it leans into a very nice powdered cocoa bourbon vibe, if that makes sense. But the nose is very misleading because the nose, you, before you sip it, and if you was to smell it on the nose, it does smell like it could be a, a, just a liqueur. That's true. But then when you go to taste, it's like, oh, shit. I mean, it has a whole different vibe. It's like a party in your mouth because you don't know what you're really tasting the first place because so much is coming at you at one, at one time. No, I think that's it. So it um, feels good to be back, back into rhythm, back in, uh, back in effect with two of our favorite things, bourbon and beer. Yeah. Um, just wanted to hit you guys with a, a quick episode. So, so you know, we're going we gonna to be back. Um, so where can they find you individually, Nick? Hey man, I'm on Twitter at Nicosio. And you can find me at Afrobeerchick on all the social medias and collectively you can catch us at the Nipor. So until next time guys, peace out. Mm-hmm.